Hey everyone, welcome to Librarians Assemble, your premier audio resource for all things libraries and comics. I'm Josh Stone, and today is part two of our Band Books Week 2016 special. And I'll be talking to Jez. She's a public librarian from the Chicago area who's been on the show a couple times before. This is her third appearance, I believe. Uh, this is now the second time I forgot to actually fact check that. I'm, I'm pretty sure this is her third time, though. Before I do that, I want to take a second. Um, Jez actually pointed out to me in part one of the Band Books Week special, I was talking to Angel a little bit about the recent Voya controversy about their really insensitive book review, and I made a couple little errors, so I want to apologize first and foremost for that, that um, it wasn't during Band Books Week, it was during Bi Visibility Week. And um, I mistakenly said that the character was lesbian when, in fact, she was bisexual. So the um, the spirit of what I was trying to say, though, is still it was a messed up situation. And I apologize for not getting everything correct. It's an important thing. And I should have had more. I should have had notes in front of me. So I want to say sorry if anyone else was offended by it. I, I do apologize. That's on me. Um, but anyway, so yeah, thank you for tuning back in and we'll be talking to Jez in a second. But before I do that, I want to remind everyone to please follow us on Twitter. It's at Assemble Podcast. You can visit the website, www.librariansassemble.com. We're on Facebook. And if you'd like to send me an email, you can email me librariansassemble at gmail.com. And I think that's it for... Uh, show notes and whatnot right now so yeah here comes Jez oh wait one more thing the um the first couple minutes of the interview with Jez there's some static noise we figure it out so it goes away so just bear with us for a couple minutes Hey everyone, I am back with Jez making her triumphant return for what we believe is her third time on the show now. Jez, for those who have not been listening, is a librarian in the Chicago area who always comes prepared with lots of great tips and recommendations. And today we're talking about Banned Books Week and specifically about a recent experience she has had with Banned Books. But before we do that, Welcome, Jess. Thanks for coming back. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. Anytime. I, I always mean it when I tell you the door's open. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you sent me a message with like all kinds of cool topic ideas. So you're here now, and then you will be back shortly yes. uh, with, with some more cool stuff. Um, but before that, what have you been up to? It's been a while since we chatted. How's life going? Good. Uh, I have full time at my library now very excited about that and i've been doing a lot of programming i do programs for our 20 and 30 something patrons which is not an area most libraries do that is not no yeah so i'm uh i'm trying things out i'm basically throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks but i've had a lot of fun i've seen i've been i've noticed your tweets it sounds like you do a lot of cool programming yes yeah, I, I generally do two programs a month. We mm-hmm. have Friday nights, which is not an ideal time for programs, but that was when the room was open. What time, so how late are you guys open on Friday nights? Most Nine. Pla- well, wow. Most places I've ever worked or been around, they generally close earlier on Fridays. So Yeah, all cool. the libraries in my hometown area close very early. They close mm-hmm. five at the latest. Yeah. But the area I work in, pretty much every library is open until 9. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, like, it's I'm, not great for my schedule. I don't like working that many nights. But. No, no I, I imagine. But I, I, when I say it's great, I mean it's great for the people in your area. <laughs> not, so, yeah. not, so, not so much for the employees, but definitely for the community. Right. And it's nice because, um, because we're the only group doing this, we get people from all over the place. Like, oh. I'm amazed how far people will travel for these programs. Which, I mean, in the Chicago area, mm-hmm. you know, everything takes a little while, and it's all very close. Mm-hmm. But even so, we have people that come from in the city, or even we had someone come from Indiana for a program. 
That's wow. So, wow, that's awesome. Okay, so that sounds cool. So you have a lot of people coming in from in. You've had people coming from Indiana and and other places. You mm-hmm. were mentioning Chicago's kind of, you know, like a densely populated area. So yes, is that, is that traditionally helped your numbers then, especially with these like. What would you call uh, you'd them? Think They're so. not really millennial. <laughs> are they millennial programs? Uh, it, we are millennials, yeah. Okay. God, are we? So, yeah. Well, am I? I'm, I'd say the majority of 20s and 30s fit into millennials. If I'm in my early 30s, am I a millennial? Yes. Damn it. All right. So the problem is that people have started using millennial as a blanket term when it's actually not. I know. And I, I've seen different, like, cutoff dates before, and I've actually looked at millennials so like i've, I've never yeah. been sure what i what i truly am or not i say but i'm the, gonna take your word for it what i usually tell people is you know if you grew up in you know if you were born in the 80s or 90s and you can remember 9 11 then you're a millennial damn it yeah well that sounds like me yeah so Go all ahead. those articles about how you're ruining the world those are specifically about you um yeah i think they're right though i think i am specifically yeah. ruining the world <laughs> Um, cool. So what else, uh, what kind of programs have you done for these, for Um, these millennials? Let's see. The one I did last Friday, Mm -hmm. I did a Hamilton sing-along. Oh, geez. Which was fun. How, how was that? Was that well attended? Um, we had, it wasn't as many as I would like. (laughs) No, it's fine. Um, we had about nine or 10 people. Okay. So we had enough that we could cover the parts, but Mm -hmm. it was not as many as I would have liked. Yeah. But it, we had a good time. That's as the most important as, thing. I never, like, you can have a program with, like, 30-plus people, and no one mm-hmm. seems to have fun, and it feels like a waste yes. of time. You can have a program oh, yeah. with, like, three people, and they just are the happiest people you've ever been around. And mm-hmm. it just feels like I like I would have rather been nowhere else on Earth than doing this, you know? like Yes, absolutely. Numbers uh, don't really matter to me so much as making everyone's experience with it you know mm-hmm. and i don't really oh. do programs much anymore so it's this is now you i know, do a lot <laughs> yeah I've, i i recently i don't know yeah since we've talked i recently got a a office job in the library i'm mm-hmm. working in collection development now so i don't really deal with the public outside of like emails and phone calls every now and then so that so, doesn't sound so bad some days. Yes, I I'm <laughs> not gonna lie. There are some days where I'm like, wow, I have a cor- I literally have a corner office job. I have a office in a oh. corner. And then there are other days where I'm like, oh my god, I miss doing my programs. <laughs> I miss interacting with patrons. I miss like the people you got to know on like a you know mm-hmm. almost like daily basis. You know. Yeah, so, the programs are my favorite part, but they are also by far the most stressful part of my yeah. job. They were. I can't tell how many times I would schedule a program and I'd be so excited about about it when I was writing the publicity or mm-hmm. I was, you know, like thinking about it. I'm like, this is going to be fantastic. And then like the day of the program, and maybe it's just me, maybe I'm just not a very social person, <laughs> but the day of the program, I'd be like, why the f- did I do this? Like, <laughs> I don't want to do this. I don't want to talk to anybody today. I'm not. Yes. This isn't going to be good. No one's going to come. Mm-hmm. And I would just be filled with doubt and not really wanting to do it. And then, like, at the end of it, I'm like, that was great. Everything was great. Everything is be like the Lego movie. Everything is awesome. Yes. Yeah, that's totally me. I, I'm so excited when I'm planning things. Mm. And then as I'm, you know, putting in the actual work and especially the night of, I'm stressing out over every single aspect. Like, what if this happens? What if this doesn't happen? Yeah. And then when it's actually going on, I'm totally fine. And at the end, I'm like, yes, that was great. I know. This- uh, I good i've i've gotten into the habit of especially when we have them on site Mm -hmm. i get i go up to the meeting room early Mm -hmm. get everything set up and i generally pay the killers on repeat (laughs) until people start showing up yeah and it calms me down yeah i would do that too back at i would put my headphones in or i would hook it up to like the the speakers and i would play like Mm -hmm. just whatever playlist i was in the mood for at that time a lot of times i would like to like on Sunday mornings, I used to do a trivia program at the library I worked at mm-hmm. every yeah. Sunday or not every Sunday, every, one, one Sunday a month. And in the morning before we opened, I'd be setting up the room and I'd play like just nineties gangster rap. 
through yeah. the through the thing. I'm like, this is how I'm getting myself bumped up for. <laughs> so I'm not sure I was the intended audience or that was the intended reason for that music to be made, but it really helped me out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, this particular weekend coming up, well, as we're recording it, I. I think this will be up before. Um, this weekend is our small little um, comic book convention down here in the oh, Palm nice. Beach area called the Palm Con. And every mm-hmm. year, my library, I or I help, well, I mainly do the organizing for it. We have a booth there. We go. We do everything. This year, I'm doing two presentations there about our collection. And um, the Library Association, I, I am now the president of for this year. We are mm-hmm. going to have a booth there, too. So, like, the past several weeks have just been, like, so much planning for this. So many phone calls. So many emails. Working with people's schedules to get them to cover the booth. And I haven't even done anything at the actual event yet that I'm already exhausted. and already, <laughs> like, is this over yet? Can I just be yes. done with this now? Uh, but it's also nice because this is as close as I'm getting to doing any programming anytime soon. So. Right. Other I think than, it's so nice yeah. that you're able to have a presence at a con like that. Oh, it, and it's all because so. of the organizer of Palm Con. Mm-hmm. I mean, all I do is send him an email and be like, hey, we're, we're interested in going. Is it okay if, oh, if we come? That's great. And, I, and I'm always like, we'll pay. <laughs> and, he, yeah. and he's always like, I love the library. I support you guys so much. <laughs> and he gives us a booth. And this year he gave the Library Association a booth, too. Like, just so generous. I cannot thank the punk mm-hmm. organizers enough. It's a, a wonderful event. I mean, it's not, we don't get the biggest stars or anything, but it's such a fun little thing for the people in our community to be a part of. Yeah. You know, the nearest convention to us generally has been in Miami. It just recently moved to the Fort Lauderdale area, which is a little closer to us. But, I mean, Miami is about an hour and a half, two-hour drive away from us. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's nice for our area to have somewhere for kids to dress up, go hang out, meet other comic book mm-hmm. fans. Great way for people to sell things they make, all kinds of fun stuff. So, I'm yeah. happy. We have the opposite con. problem here. You have, you our have, cons are too big. Yeah, you have, yeah, because you have the Chicago, that, Chicago, yeah, or whatever. Uh, we've got C2E2. Oh, that's right. You guys have Which that I know some libraries have done um, booths at, mm-hmm. but. Honestly, there's so many libraries in the Chicagoland area yeah. that for us, it's not worth it to have a presence there because no one's going to drive the half hour to come see us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why I'm excited that the library association that I'm uh, that I'm heading up mm-hmm. right now is going to be there because not very not very often and certainly not in the past couple of years at PalmCon in our area we have the one big library system that represents the whole county mm-hmm. and then we have a bunch of municipal libraries that are their own so like little cities and little villages within the county a lot of them have their own libraries as well and they don't generally mm-hmm. they don't have a presence at this you know like they don't have the staffing or anything like that so uh, one of our members was awesome enough to go around to a lot of the municipal libraries and get like handouts from them and like flyers of all their upcoming events and we're going to hand those out on behalf of the municipal libraries so i think it's nice. it's a really good way for us to to advocate for not just the big you know like you're saying like in Ch- the chicago area they have their one right that huge library system we yes. we're that for this area or the that library system is that for that area so it's nice to be able to to help out all the the little communities too mm-hmm Okay. Any other programming things you want to talk about before we start talking about Band Books Week? Uh, well, I I will talk about this in the future. But coming up, <laughs> we are starting a uh, we're calling it Comic Conversations oh, with okay. the versations in parentheses. I see. I see. Just yeah, I, slight I get it. pun Comic there, con. but yeah, I yes. See. It's, I, I'm uh, visualizing it in my head. I'm look. I'm seeing it. <laughs> yeah, but it's not going to be. You know, as crazy as that, mm-hmm. uh, a group of our 20 and 30-something patrons came up to me after a program and said, we want to talk about comics. Can awesome. we do something where we talk about comics? And you're like, did you come? Did you ever come <laughs> to the right person? Yes. Well, I think they knew mm-hmm. that I was in charge of that area and that I liked that. Uh, so I, I actually 
brought it up to we have a 20s and 30s book club that Uh another librarian has been doing for a very long time Mm -hmm. so i brought it up to her and we're doing kind of a joint event oh cool we're gonna see if we can get you know my regular program attendees and then her regular book clubbers and maybe we can get you know a semi-regular group going that'd be awesome fingers crossed for that and i look forward to hearing more about it soon yeah hopefully i have a good report afterwards well whatever the report is (laughs) i look forward to hearing it i try and i'll talk about it more when when we actually discuss it but i tried to do something like that about a year ago as well so Mm -hmm. it'd be nice to swap some stories and see so yeah i I reached out to you for questions when this first brought up to me did you I, I honestly mm-hmm. did just forget about that. <laughs> I've had such a... Uh, I remember yeah. just now when you said that. That's, I was like, wow. That's, okay, fair enough. All right, Band Books Week, yo. Let's get into yes. it. Yes. Okay, so um, for those who don't know, I'm sure I might have just mentioned it if you were listening to the first half of this podcast. <laughs> Maybe, if that's how this thing shakes out. Uh, a little peek behind the curtains there. So Band Books Week is basically a week-long celebration sponsored mainly by the American Library Association. But we are going to be focusing on graphic novels and comics. And the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund does an amazing job every year of teaming up with the ALA to raise awareness of banned and challenged graphic novels in school libraries public libraries universities and so forth so today we're going to be talking probably mostly about their their collection and some of their stuff and we're definitely obviously because it's a comic book podcast talking about comics but before we get into that jez does your particular library do you guys do anything special for banned books week what kind of stuff do you guys do uh, well we didn't used to oh. and um, I'm putting this up tomorrow, which, you know, that makes no sense to anyone listening. But we are putting up a Banned Books Week display. Cool. And what's this display going to be like? Um, Very simple. Mm-hmm. I have a sign that I made in library wear, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic you know, marketing program. They had some uh, promotional materials already available. I pretty much just printed it out. <laughs> I love it. And I went through our collection. Yeah. I went through our collection and found um, books that have come up on the recently challenged list that Mm -hmm. we own. Okay. Uh, Made a list of the call numbers to make it easy for people to pull that. And, yeah, we'll just fill the display and hopefully raise a little bit of awareness for the, you know, the kinds of books that do get challenged. Because Mm -hmm. I think in some people's minds it's, oh, it's all those dirty books. Yeah. Like, no, it's a lot so, of classics so and really often, popular yeah. books. So often it's the books you, you wouldn't suspect. Um, yeah, I, you know, so many libraries out there do so many good things for Banned Books Week. I remember one of the first things I ever did way back in the day was um, took the banned books and put them in, like, brown paper bags and, like, folded yes. them up so people couldn't see them and be like, don't mm-hmm. and write things on there, like this book is hazardous don't read this book you know things enticing stuff and people would just like and i would we would set it up in a way where like people couldn't look at them before they like took them up to the counter to check it out like just to see if they were interested in it and it was always fun and i've heard other people like like to put their banned books in like locked cases to to really drive home the fact that like you can't access this this is how and like they don't let them get checked out like this mm. if this book were if if they had their way and this book was banned you wouldn't have access to it i mean they have others that you can you know like take out right like other additional copies of it but like mm. their display makes it make it makes it seem like they're keeping it from you so I mean, yeah. there's a lot of fun stuff out there that people like to do uh when i did my internship during library school mm-hmm. i was working with the tweens mm-hmm. and at that library we took like crime scene photos with mm-hmm. caution tape. Oh, with the I've books. seen the caution tape <laughs> stuff before too. That's awesome. That's awesome. I yeah. love I love banned books week. I mean, I like it in theory. There's so many times <laughs> where like um, the guy of a friend of mine is kind of our de facto leader of banned books week at our library system, mm-hmm. and every year he gets busier and busier just with his regular job. And yeah. so it creeps up on him every year. And then every year he sends me, my wife, and one other person that he, like, knows will help him 
like a mm-hmm. frantic email like oh my god we got to do all these things guys <laughs> and we're like oh crap oh god oh god i gotta write a story i gotta do this i gotta do that oh uh, yeah so band books was yeah. also was a kind of a bane in, for me so yeah we're doing it small this year because mm-hmm. one we haven't really done anything in the past because i think i think there's the mentality of well if we don't bring it up to people they won't you know think about challenging things oh that's <laughs> Uh, but That's, you know what? It, I can't argue with that rationale. That does sound yeah, like I, I can't. Rationale. I can't either. <laughs> um, we have a new department head, mm-hmm. so it took a while for me to get approved for this display. True. So we we're keeping it small, but my coworker and I are already sharing all kinds of ideas for next year. And I put a reminder on my calendar for August 2017 so that we can remember to meet about it and actually be on top of things next <laughs> year. Yeah. Oh man, I yeah. I'm so not organized in anything in my life, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, so speaking of the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, they always, um, every year they come out with their Comic Book Legal Defense Fund Band Books Week Handbook, which is free to download from their website, cbldf.org. And they always have a lot of good ideas and information about frequently challenged graphic novels. Um, have you had a chance to look over some of their their frequently challenged titles yes i pulled up the list pretty much right before we started cool um and i've read quite a few of these i figured you would because they're all very popular hugely successful graphic novels so um before we get talking about your recent experience with Mm -hmm. this subject um from this list are there any that really stick out to you as being some of your favorites or things that you're surprised to see on here um, yeah, I definitely have some favorites on here. Let's do um, that. What are some of your favorites on this list? A saga, first of all. Yeah, saga. I love saga. That story is very good. The art is fantastic. Um, I'm a sucker for space operas, <laughs> so I like that there's a comic book for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't read the dis- why. I'm pretty sure it has something to do with violence and with the cover of one of the yes. collections. <laughs> Reason challenged stated here is sexual content, anti-family, nudity, no. offensive language, <laughs> and unsuited for age group. But it's written for adults. Yes, and that's I, something we can talk about right now, actually, because I didn't put it in our little rundown. What I noticed last year, last year, um, my wife Christina and I did a Band Books Week episode. And mm-hmm. we talked a lot about graphic novels, and she's not, she's not like a huge graphic novel reader. So she really doesn't have a whole back history of knowing that there are different things. There are different genres within graphic mm-hmm. novels. Graphic novel isn't a genre. Um, so that whenever I see that in a graphic novel, unsuited for age group, like – that happens so frequently that they think it's a comic book. They think it's a graphic novel, so yes. it must be for kids. And I have well, an issue similar going on right now, but I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. What were you going to say? Um, the unsuited for age group thing, it, it's so ridiculous because when I was putting together this display, I was making a list of the books we have. Mm-hmm. Fifty Shades of Grey is you know, on the frequently challenged books list, obviously. Obviously. Should but be on there the for reasons... just writing style. <laughs> Yeah. One of the reasons for it is unsuited for age group. What it's age written group for do adults. <laughs> it's uh, well, you know what? It is unsuited for that age group cuz it's it's <laughs> written like a 5th grader would write. <laughs> so, can't really yeah, argue. Yeah, so I that. think I don't think they're really paying that much attention to age group anymore. I think they're just using that as, you know, a catch-all complaint. Yes, I think so too. I think Sometimes what they what people might mean by that is it's in a library where children can see it. Yes. And, and I will come back to that because that was a complaint and made. And I think that's going to be something <laughs> that comes up for us, yeah. Um yeah. so and that's going to be something that comes up for me soon. I um I am lucky enough right now to um I'm currently working on a project that's preemptively as I said, my new job is in collection development. Which means yes. if something in my library, we're kind of, I'm kind of skipping ahead right here. Sorry, it's just <laughs> if I don't do it now, I'll forget about it. Um, <laughs> if something gets challenged in my in my library system, and it's one of the things that I am quote unquote in charge of, 
Mm-hmm. Like for me, it's audiovisual materials, electronic uh, resources, and graphic novels. Yeah. So if anything falls under that umbrella that's challenged, I'm the one who has to deal with it. I'm the one who has to write mm-hmm. the justification, all that good fun, all that fun stuff that we're we'll be talking about in a few seconds. Um, so a book was accidentally ordered by one of our adult fiction uh, collection development librarians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Called Airboy from Image okay. Comics. Mm-hmm. And. It should have honestly been ordered by me, and I probably would have ordered it anyway, based on the fact that it does have a couple decent reviews. It's from Image Comics, and it's written... I can't remember the artist and writer's name right now, but they're popular and have a lot of good credentials to their names. Um, However, one of our tech services people, when they were cataloging it and getting it ready for shelves, noticed that it is a very graphic graphic novel. (laughs) And there's a lot of nudity in it, a lot of vulgarity. Mm -hmm. It got compared a lot for those who haven't read it, and I haven't read it yet myself. I'm about to. It got compared a lot to um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. So, but, you know, since you can see it, it Mm -hmm. it makes it a lot worse. So I'm kind of bracing myself for that. But I know this happened a couple years ago when we first got sex criminals into the system. Mm-hmm. None of our patrons complained, but a lot of staff were <laughs> nervous about it, mainly because they had no idea what it was about. They just saw the title. Yes. And yeah, I I was anxious when I was buying it. I'm like, I'm yeah. buying this. It's very popular. I know it's going to go out. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, this is going to be on the new shelf, which is very prominent. Yes. People are going to see this title. Yes. And that's happened. And then yeah, and then yeah, the things that we freak out about, nothing tends to happen for. But um. Yeah. So yeah, and and that's when I that's when I first realized this situation with librarians and with the public is that if it's a graphic novel, even though all of our graphic novels except for the really kiddie ones, the really really mm-hmm. really youth ones are um in the adult section. Oh, so okay. I I mean ours just, are split up. Yeah. We have um our like middle grade Mm-hmm. And then we have teen, and then we have adults. We don't have um, a lot of our locations. Our our young adult section, our teen section, mm-hmm. it like the shelving is just so tight in that area to begin with. Yeah, that I think we've moved a lot of our graphic novel collection that could theoretically be in the teen area, just to stay in the adult area, just so we can make room for all mm-hmm. the popular trilogies and quadrilogy. You know, like. Because there's yeah. so many so many series in the teen area that like they just they're always taking up room. So yeah, we're ours are on separate floors. Yeah, well, that's so a, the teens are upstairs. So there is still a lot of overlap, and mm-hmm. the teen librarian and I have been working very closely on this. Like, what do you buy? What do I buy? Especially mm-hmm. when it comes to superheroes. Yeah. But if something is you know very violent or sexually explicit, we're like mm-hmm. okay. Jez, you can put that in your collection, <laughs> and we won't worry about it. Sounds awesome. Uh, I remember... I like the way that works. That is see. not something we <laughs> are going to be doing anytime soon in my system. Yeah. We just just logistically, it doesn't quite work for our, our layouts. But maybe one day. Uh, <laughs> we had a librarian um, visiting our library. We were holding some regional meeting. And she came up, she was looking through the collection, and she asked me, she's like, I can't remember if it was Saga or if it was Sex Criminals. Mm-hmm. It was one or the other. And she's like, where did you put this? Because I don't know where I can put this. And it turned out their library only put things in teen. That was their entire graphic um... novel collection. And like, well, we have a, an adult collection, yeah. so it's, it's fine here. We might still get complaints, but, you know, it is suited for the age group mm-hmm. and she's like okay well my library's gonna have to figure out something because i can't put this in the teen collection no yeah and that and that's yeah. also something that bothered me is li- librarians who should know better mm-hmm. and have a better understanding of their collection or at least find somebody on staff that has a better idea of how certain books are right putting just blanketly putting all of the graphic novels in the teen area like so many libraries do that, and I, I don't understand. I'm like, at some point, 
maybe that was true if you were just starting your collection. Yes. But, but there are so many clearly adult titles. Unless you're just not going to order those. Unless you're unless you're just right, ordering just graphic worse. novel 14s for some reason. If that's mm-hmm. how you want to do it. But I, anyway. <laughs> Not to not to chastise librarians and how they want to order their items. It's their collection, but also their collection mm-hmm. should represent their community. Anyway, um, correct. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into why we're here. So recently, yes. you had some experience with a challenged graphic novel at your library. Which yeah. uh, which graphic novel was challenged, and and why was it challenged? Uh, it was Seven Soldiers by Grant Morrison, mm. which is actually a fairly old title. It, yes, it is. I remember, I, I know this because, one, I, I never read it before. And I thought, after you sent me that information, I was like, oh, maybe I'll try to read it real quick before, or at least one <laughs> of the volumes, before yeah. we have our, our thing. And I couldn't find it, like, digitally anywhere. And all of our, like, physical oh, copies yeah. at our library are just missing. So I'm like, Ugh, oh. I guess I'm <laughs> not going to know. <laughs> yeah, we... Our copy we had owned for 10 years. Jesus. And it hasn't gone out in almost a year. Okay. And I still don't know how this patron found it. <laughs> if it was something that she zeroed in on and she mm-hmm. knew the title, or if she just picked up something from the shelf, flipped through it, and decided, this is the book I'm going to challenge. This is the hill I'm dying on. Um, yeah. So why? Why did she challenge her? Or maybe tell us... Okay. Yeah. Do you know so much it... about this this title like did you read it i had to read it (laughs) yes okay that's i guess we're gonna get into that in a second so go ahead and Um, tell us a little bit about about the book i'll say i'll I'll tell you how it came up okay and then i'll go into the book because that's when i had to read it sounds good so first off it was a full moon (laughs) i feel like that's important you know what i feel like you might be right (laughs) because we had a lot of other crazy things happen in the the same day and I'm blaming it all on the full moon. That's fair. I'll allow it. Yeah. So this patron comes in. She comes up to the associate that I'm working on the desk with mm-hmm. and asks, can I make a comment? And our our adult services associate is so sweet and so nice. She's like, sure. What can I help you with? And she's like, and the lady slams this book on the, on the desk <sighs> and says, I am disgusted. Disgusted with the books your library is carrying. Oh man, I've heard that many times in my life. I'm on the other side of the desk and I'm helping someone, but I kind of like turn my attention to her, (laughs) trying to help the same person and figure out what's going on over here. And you know, the associate was very nice because she started you know trying to explain. Oh, you know, we have books for everybody, and you know what was wrong with it. And she was very nice, and the woman. She came in with a mission. <laughs> yeah. And she started, she's like, you know, this book is satanic, mm. that there is an entire cult of publishers that publish books like this in order to recruit people for the devil. Okay, so I'm going to stop you there for one second. Yeah. Because in our in our prep for this episode, you mentioned that to <laughs> me. And I, did, I haven't read this, this series before. But I've read Grant Morrison mm-hmm. before. Yes. And he also has worked heavily with Vertigo and mm-hmm. and their ilk. And you know what? I'm going to have to say, this lady's not far off from the truth, though. <laughs> I mean, Grant Morrison really does write a lot of stuff about magic and Wicca and Satanism. Right. And Vertigo, one of his first like big companies he helped work for and do a lot of work for also publishes a lot of books like that they (laughs) they published an entire series called lucifer i mean yeah if i were a crazy person (laughs) i can see how i would jump to that conclusion (laughs) the thing is i don't think she knows anything about him that's that's what's funny to me is that she's kind of not wrong though (laughs) (laughs) we won't tell her that yeah don't let her know but yeah grant morrison is a practicing like weird like wicca type person so <laughs> she's not completely off base here <laughs> but go on yeah so my coworker's trying to respond to this and the woman picks up the book opens it up to a random page holds it over her head oh, 
and starts screaming, the library has satanic books at the top of her lungs. Jesus Christ. And it's it's a very busy day. It's a Friday. Mm-hmm. It's super busy. Do you, are you guys and... open any other day of the week other than Fridays? Every one of your <laughs> stories so far involves being Fridays. Yeah. Fridays are my busy day. Fair enough. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so I have a line at my side of the desk. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to get, I'm trying to help them and deal with this situation. Um, I'm trying to call somebody out to take care of this. Mm-hmm. And someone in the line decides she's going to stand up for the library. Oh, I love which, those patrons. Good for her, but she did it in the wrong way. Yeah, they never really do it in the right way, but. Yeah, so she says. Well, that's the good thing about America is that you can choose to read whatever you want to read. And this is a public library. You Like, why would you even complain about that in a library? And she's like, if you don't want to read it, you don't read it. You Go America. And this is the weirdest part of the story to me because it sounds so fake. In the background, this guy raises his fist above his head and goes, yeah, USA. Jesus. Oh, my God. And so these two women got in a very heated argument um i finally did break away from the patron i was helping and i got another staff person to come out and cover the desk i had to break up a fight between these two women three times God. because anytime i could get one away from the other they would just rile each other up again and it it got worse and worse it eventually reached a very racist point jesus uh, where she was told, if you don't like what we do here, you can go back to wherever you're from. Mm, which was completely uncalled for. That's a f- I love that argument. Especially yeah, when and, the end of that argument oh. is, um, I was born here, ma'am. Thank you. <laughs> it was, yes. That yeah. is exactly where it went. Because <laughs> that's 90 t- 90% of the time, that's what the answer is going to be. Yeah. <sighs> so eventually, I got this woman away from the other patron and I got her to write a very short letter yeah. of complaints. Like, I, I don't have time to find the, the full form right now. Mm-hmm. If she stays here any longer, it's going to make things worse. These mm-hmm. two women need to be separated. <laughs> so she wrote a quick letter. And then normally what I would do is I would, you know, take the patron's comments mm-hmm. and, you know, say, okay, I will review the book. We'll take a look at it. And that would basically be the end of it. But because I had to end up writing an incident report about the fight, I then had to submit everything through the director and the board. So that oh was my great. God. That sounds like like the most disastrous this could be. You know, like what yeah. probably could have been just a simple, I apologize, ma'am. You know, right. Like... There, you know, there are books in our collection for everyone. Yes, mm-hmm. there are books that advocate for, or that that pr- show Wicca and, and things of that nature. But there are also mm-hmm. we also have several copies of the Holy Bible, and we have right. know, books on this and that and the other. We we represent our community and all of the members thereof. Yes, it, it, which I I presented that argument from oh, all I, of those things. I, I, I told no doubt her. That you did. You know, we have things for everybody here. Mm-hmm. What's you know, what someone else might like might necessarily not be the book for you. Mm-hmm. I can help you find something else. Uh, I told her it is her First Amendment right to complain, but mm-hmm. it is also someone else's First Amendment right to read whatever they like. Yeah. Uh, but I was presenting these arguments in small pieces whenever I could get a word yes. in. And you were and presenting them to somebody want who to listen. wanted a fight. It's clear that yes. this woman oh, yes. wanted a fight about it. So... So part of your your challenge there, or part of your mm-hmm. your job, it sounds like part of what we have to do at our library. So once it was challenged, you said you had to to actually read it. So yes. what did you think of Grant Morrison's propaganda witchcraft book? I did not care for it. <laughs> okay. And tell me a little bit about it. Yeah. I don't really know anything about this series. I, I, I okay. sorry if this so, makes me a fraud, everybody. Yeah, this is from ten years ago. Okay. Um, Grant Morrison decided he was going to kind of restart um, a new series of crossovers for Mm -hmm. some lesser-known characters. 
Okay. He's good for that. Yeah, he's like, basically, it was, he didn't want to keep telling the same stories over and over. He wanted fresh stories with fresh characters, kind of breathe new life into them. So the first volume, which is the one she brought me, uh, also the only one that my library owns. Okay. uh, It looks at, it has different characters, and they all have their own separate stories, and then Towards the end of the volume, they start to cross over slightly, but mm. it I don't think any of them actually meet each other <laughs> in the first volume at all. Okay. Uh, some of the, ca- the characters, which are now more well-known, um, we have the Guardian, mm-hmm. Zatanna, and Clarion the Witch Boy. Okay. And they all have very completely different stories. Um, They're all magic-based assume... characters, too. A lot, yeah, of those. There are some that weren't magic-based, but I assume her complaint was... Well, she specifically pulled out the Zatanna pages. Okay. That she was saying, you know, magic equals witchcraft equals the devil. Okay. Um, I don't know if she actually read it. I don't know if she read it because the clearing the witch boy parts would actually be Be much stronger. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I don't think she knew about them. Well, count yourself lucky then. Yes. So I had to read through it and basically, well, the first thing I had to do was I had to compile as many reviews on it as I could. Yes. Because you want to prove that the library had a reason to buy this. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was still in high school 10 years ago. I was definitely not the librarian that bought this. No. <laughs> but... It is my collection, and I'm the librarian that, you know, dealt with her when she made the complaint. Mm-hmm. So it became my responsibility. Uh, so I found all these reviews. I went through those, and then I read the book, which, again, I personally did not care for. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that I want to pull it from the collection. Because just if I don't like the book doesn't mean someone else won't. Exactly. Uh, and so as I'm reading this, I'm you know, trying to find out where she had these complaints, whether or not her complaints are valid. And um, basically what we ended up at was while this book does have depictions of magic, it does not actually have um, any mentions of Satan or Satanism. Mm-hmm. So that was not present. And while the book is very violent and extremely graphic... Mm-hmm. It is not, you know, unique in that respect. Mm -hmm. That the genre of superhero comic books, especially of that time, were very much the same. Mm -hmm. This is not one thing. So we were saying it is indicative of the genre. You know, it is graphic, but it is for adults. And that was basically where we were, that, you know, you have the right to complain, but you do need to understand that, you know, we have something for everyone in our collection. Basically, the whole argument I gave to her in person. Yeah. So the director did back me up on that, and I appreciate that. That's awesome. Um, and it also turned out that this um, trade in particular won an Eisner. Oh. So. That yeah, got an that Eisner. Anytime it's that, an award, yeah. Winner, yeah. <laughs> yes, especially an award of that caliber. Yes. Like, yeah, we're pretty confident we know why this book was bought for the collection. Absolutely. So for you guys, when you mm-hmm. you had to write a letter, you were saying, correct? Uh, yes, the director wrote the letter for okay. me. And it, which I appreciate. That's awesome. Yeah, we have to we have to do it ourselves and then bring that to our director. Um Yeah, I, I had to write up basically a report. Yeah. Of, you know, here are all the reviews I found, here are the awards it won. Uh, here were her complaints. Here's what I found in reading it. Here's what I know about the genre as a whole. Mm-hmm. I, my letter was at least twice as long as what the director sent. Yeah, no, they don't. Yeah, I know from from my experience, they're not meant to be very long. They don't want my my system doesn't even want them to be long. They're just like get mm-hmm. all the relevant information in there and then let's send it right. out. So did you guys send the letter to the patron? We did. And did you I hear have not back? heard anything okay. back, no. I was going to see like, if there was any. She may have responded, and it just mm-hmm. never came to came me. to you, yeah. That's possible. Yeah. 
That reminded me too of while well, I was on a vacation last week, and whilst mm-hmm. I was away, um, a complaint came in about a movie that the library ordered a few years ago. Mm. It was a, a little movie called um, I don't know if you heard of it, The Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, so mm-hmm. I didn't. Luckily, somebody since I was gone, somebody else wrote the the justification for me but like it was like honestly one of the easiest things we've ever had to do (laughs) yeah yeah we're gonna own this movie it was highly reviewed it was nominated for just about every award a movie can be nominated for Mm -hmm. sorry (laughs) it's sorry not sorry so yeah the the letter writing is, is very interesting and i i i always like to know if we you know the responses that come back so right i I would like to know if we hear anything back on that, if yeah. she wants to take this farther. Well, that we did like We did fun... submit the letter to the board. Okay. But mostly just to let them know... What's going on. Here's the situation that happened. Mm-hmm. Here's how we handled it. Yeah. Just kind of giving them a heads up. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that's what... I think we have to send our stuff to the library advisory board, too, just so they mm-hmm. are aware, like you were saying. Right. Well, that sounds like a fun endeavor you did, and it sounds like you did everything <laughs> that you humanly could to prevent it from getting to that to that stage. But unfortunately, yeah. these things happen. I say that was our first challenge in like eight years. I know, and that's the thing; they don't come in very often. But when they do, man, they stick with you. You know, like they're just, oh yeah, like I mean, we get complaints fairly often. Yes, complaints do, but like formal challenges but, yeah. to the collection do not. Which is what's mm-hmm. funny to me, and what you'll notice, and I think I talked about this last year, you'll notice that a lot of the books that are challenged, when you find where they were challenged, what was happening, mm-hmm. most of them are from school libraries. Yes. School libraries are very much on the front line of challenged and, and banned books. So I think that's... If it weren't the case, like I would be like, really, why are we doing this in the year 2016? Why are we celebrating Van Books Week? It's not a thing. But I think it is important to raise raise this subject, especially for those school librarians. You know, like yes, this is something that they have to deal with. And and you know, as bad as that patron was, imagine having like countless parents just. Go mm-hmm. through your collection. I know um, my wife when she was she was interning at a school library when she was getting her degree, and the librarian there was saying how like she had a parent come in and like kind of like secretly go through everything, didn't say mm-hmm. anything to the librarian, yes. just took all her little notes and then went straight to the school board, and yeah. like just all the thing, and then like the school board and and. I'm not trying to to take shots at anyone, but school boards, principals, people like that, they're under so much pressure from the community that they they'll fold. Mm-hmm. If yeah, they, they would rather just pull the book off the shelf. Yes, if, if they don't feel like it. they have the support behind them, mm-hmm. then they'll then they'll fold because they don't want that fight because that fight only. Even if they win it, will only make them look bad. And it opens them up to more challenges, to more too. Yeah. So so for people who are like, this is America, things don't get banned here, in a way they oh, do. Man. If one person can say, I don't think this book should be in my child's library, and there's not mm-hmm. anyone around to defend the other children, that book will be pulled from the collection. And no child in that school will have the right to read a Raina Talamayer book or Call of the Wild or mm-hmm. name any name any classic book you've ever had to read for school. It's most oh, likely seriously? ended up on the challenge list. So you know, you know, you know, you know like if one person could stop your child from having getting the opportunity to read like to kill a mockingbird. You know, like it, mm-hmm. it that's why it's important. Uh, not necessarily for for public or university libraries, but for those school librarians out there who don't have the support generally of 
of a big public library. So that's why Banned Book Weeks is important. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything else you'd like to add about Banned Books Week? I have a cat trying to bang Um. down my door. I don't know. I don't know if anybody can hear that cat in the background. Uh, When I was in library school, um, and I I wasn't even thinking about this at the Mm -hmm. time, but I appreciate it now. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did a mock challenge. Oh, that is very helpful. The, you know, the setting was, it's a book being challenged in a school library and you have to bring it up to the school board. Mm -hmm. And we all had different, um, like assigned roles. Mm-hmm. So there was, you know, the board members, there was the parent that was challenging it. There were students in the class for and students against. And I think without that experience, I probably wouldn't have had the words ready in the moment to defend something like that. Yeah. That's it awesome. That's a, a great, that's a great project. Yeah, I, it was very interesting. Mm-hmm. And Very to know cool. that things like that happen all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they so really do, I'm, especially in school libraries, like you, like yes. like your project was focusing on. Yeah, so I'm I'm so happy that um, my school. I went to Dominican. Mm-hmm. They have a fantastic program, and they actually, you know, know these things happen and prepared librarians to deal with them. That's awesome. Shout out to Dominican. And yeah. I can't let anybody shout out their library school without shouting out. Shout out to Florida <laughs> State University. Not so much last Saturday when they got their fo- when their football team got their asses handed to them, but you know, generally, shout out to my school. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, Jez, thank you for sharing your your trials and tribulations with us. I yeah. found it very informative. <laughs> I'm sure many other people did as well. And I hope it helps I, someone. Yeah, I'm sure it will. I'm it was sure a lot of work for me. Yeah, I'm sure it'll reach somebody somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. And I look forward to hearing about your uh, your comic book conversations. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I hope it goes well. That was a very uh, nervous. I'm looking forward to it, and I <laughs> and I my... completely understand. <laughs> um, I will say this about the twenty and thirty somethings. They don't register until the last minute. I know. So I never know how anything's going to happen. Sometimes they just show up without registering. Yeah. Yep. And if they do register, they don't always show up. And then, yeah, that's always fun. Ugh, programming. Um, Thank you. And also, thank you, Jez, for making me also more happy than I was before we started this that I don't do programming anymore. So I appreciate it. (laughs) All right. I'll talk to you soon.